when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, David. listening to just pod baby a las vegas raiders podcast brought to you by silverandblacktoday.com and now your host evan gross let's go Raider nation welcome back to just pod baby part of the silver and black today media group we are now just a few days away from the start of free agency 2021 and there's a lot to cover tonight as we get you all set up for what should be an active off season of additions for your las vegas raiders as I said, Just Pod Baby is brought to you by Silver and Black Today, and I've got a busy show planned for you this week. There were some more roster transactions that went down, including a big trade. We're going to go through and discuss some of those moves and, and where the Raiders currently sit with cap space. Also in segment one, I'm going to touch on some of the position groups that I, I expect the Raiders to be active in targeting next week when free agency begins, and even toss out some names of players that I like and, and think are good fits. And later in the show, we'll be joined by our guest this week, Ted Nguyen of The Athletic. We will chat with Ted about the current state of the Raiders, and we're going to touch on free agents that he sees as fits with the Raiders and maybe where they should be looking to spend some of the money. But tonight we begin with the trade of Trent Brown. Brown was heavily scrutinized by the fan base all season long, and many speculated that this day would come that he would not be back with the team and that all came to fruition this week with the Raiders and the Patriots agreed to make a deal to send Brown to the Patriots for a uh, 2022 fifth-round pick in return that the Patriots would receive uh, Trent Brown and a seventh-round 2022 pick. So they're swapping picks in uh, 2022, and, and you know nothing franchise-changing as far as the trade compensation is concerned, but the big benefit... Uh, for the Raiders, of course, is freeing up uh, $14 million worth of much-needed salary cap space. Uh, and, and so the Trent Brown era as a Raider ends, and when you look back on, on his two years, you know, it was a major disappointment. There's really no way around it. And I, I I know he, he played well um, in the 2019 season, um, but, you know, after they threw a ton, ton of money at him, you know, at the end of the day, he just couldn't stay healthy, and you know he he came into this past season, uh, what what looked to be out of shape and overweight, and and that seemingly played a role in his inability in 2020, uh, to stay to stay on the field. And I'm not really gonna get into it any further than that. I I've talked about it a lot on recent shows. We talked about it last week with Mo Moten, so I'm just gonna kind of leave it at that. And we're you know I'm moving on, and so are the Raiders. Um, I, I want to touch on uh, another um, tra- roster transaction that went down this week, and that was the release of LaMarcus Joyner, which was another move that was expected. Joyner joins Trent Brown and Tyrell Williams and Antonio Brown, and you know the list goes on and on of, of failed offseason acquisitions in recent years by Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden. And, and there's no doubt about it, they got to do a better job here in this current offseason. They have to hit... On, on some of these free agents. Um, so that'll be a big thing that we keep an eye on, uh, you know, as free agency gets underway uh, next week. Now, say what you want about Gruden as a coach and a play caller. I, I really wish that this guy would just give up control of roster decisions. I really would. I don't know how you guys feel. How do you feel about that? 
Should he give up? Should he give up some control to Mike Mayock? Should he trust his 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 general manager and his scouting department? Or do you not have a problem with John Gruden Gruden having full control of roster decisions? And I don't know about uh, any of you guys out there. I don't know if you heard uh, what Mike Lombardi, uh, his comments from this week. He was a guest on the Pat McAfee show. I saw it on Twitter. If you have not heard it yet or seen it yet, look it up. Okay, look it up. And, uh, you know, I, I thought what Lombardi had to say, I thought he was spot on, to be honest. He, he talked about Gruden's failures in, in signing players uh, over the years, and he, he lays out why... Gruden has these problems and why he believes these these issues will continue to happen. And I know what many of you are probably saying out there to yourselves right now. Um, I know how you feel about Mike Lombardi, so I, I get it. But the words are true, in my opinion. The words are very true. Go back and look at Gruden's track record, even from his days in Tampa Bay when he was when he had full control of the roster. There's definitely something there. So go back and look. There's there's the the the, the data is there. All right. And if you hadn't heard Lombardi's statements yet, his comments, go back and check those out if you didn't hear it yet as well. Now in other news today, uh, we got word that Nick Kwiatkowski and Corey Littleton, they each restructured their deals to free up additional money, seven point one million dollars to be exact. That's a good thing. So with the trade of Trent Brown this week and the release of LaMarcus Joyner, and in addition to the restructures, it was, uh, let me see what I have, $2.7 million for Kwiatkowski and $4.4 million for uh, for Corey Littleton. That gets the Raiders to about $40 million under the cap. And they still have one more cost-cutting move that can be made, and that is Marcus Mariota. Now, I'm not quite sure what the holdup is there. Obviously, they they would prefer to trade him, but I don't think teams are are, are, are dumb. They're, they're not going to trade for a guy with that contract. I, I believe it could go up to to north uh, around $18 million. So if a team traded for Mariota and he played and um, reached some of those incentives that are in his, his contract, he they could have to pay him $18 million. So teams aren't dumb. They they see what's going on with the Raiders. They know he will not be back. I I still don't see any way he is back at that at that number, eleven million dollar, ten million dollars, with the Raiders. So they're just going to continue to wait the Raiders out, and uh, you know hopefully he hits the open market. Right, that's what these teams are thinking, and then they'll just they'll just sign him then, and, and possibly at a a more team friendly deal. So I, I do expect that move to happen soon, and, and that will put the Raiders. Uh, over fifty million dollars uh, in cap space, and that is a that is a good uh, chunk of change. And, and they should certainly be able to go out and you know fill some of these voids that they have, and even go out and sign a couple you know top flight guys if they should they choose to. And that, of course, that all leads me to the focus of tonight's show, and that's free agency. We're going to get you all primed and ready to go. Uh, for when things kick off next week. The legal tampering period gets underway Monday, but nothing is official until Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And there's there's a lot of work to be done, no doubt about it. Uh, starting on the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line needs to be addressed. Um, there's a major lack of depth on the interior right now. You have two linemen under contract with David Irving and Maurice Hurst. And, you know, I can't even recall... 
maybe you guys can. I, I can't even recall the last time they had a presence on the interior of that defensive line that could consistently generate pressure and get after the quarterback. I mean, think about it. I I, I struggle to come up with someone who consistently brought that to the table. So I do think they need to make that a, a priority, uh, whether it's in free agency or the draft. The, the edge, the edge rush, they also need some help. Yes, even after spending draft capital, going back to Arden Key, and then it was Cleveland Farrell, Max Crosby, they signed Carl Nassib, and it's the same old story. No pass rush, low sack numbers. You know, here we are sitting again as one of the, the worst uh, teams in the NFL as far as sack production is concerned. Next on the list has to be free safety. Uh, Mo Moten and I talked about it last week. Both of us agree this is a position we would like to see the Raiders go and uh, be very aggressive with. Go out and get a, a real leader and someone who can come in and bring some stability to the back end. That young secondary, they need a leader back there. And so I, I do hope they uh, go out and get somebody there. Slot corner is another position of need, unless Gruden believes that Amik Robertson is ready to make the jump. He didn't look he didn't look ready last year, that's for sure. In the limited time that he got, he did not look like he was uh, at all ready. Uh, we'll see what, what happens here in year two. Perhaps they added a cornerback, and, and maybe I've heard some talk about maybe the idea of moving Damon Arnett to the slot next year. So they, they've got some options there. I don't think slot corner is necessarily a, a pressing need right now because they do have some options where they could maybe move Arnett. They still have Amik Robertson. Um, but they got options, and that's a good thing. So it's something you want to keep an eye on. And, and last, um, what happens with Nicholas Morrow? You know, will they try to bring him back? And, and will they add some more depth at the linebacker? I think... Um, right now, when you look at what they currently have, they've got Littleton, Kwiatkowski, J- Javen White, and, and Tanner Muse. So they, they need to bring in some more bodies uh, in, in that room as well. But what I want to do now is l- l- I want to take a quick look at um, some guys that I see as you know potential fits uh, for the Raiders here in free agency. Let's start with defensive tackles. Uh, like many of you, I, I you know I see what's going on out there on Twitter. And I see this name pop up quite a bit, Larry Ogunjobi, who is uh, with the Browns. And I remember liking him coming out of, uh, I think it was University of Charlotte, I believe, a few years ago in the draft. And, you know, you're going to hear this common theme with me throughout the the, the the evening here tonight, the show. He's only 26 years old. You're going to hear me say that a lot. I'm looking for guys who are not, you know, on the back the back nine of their career. I'm looking for guys who are still kind of ascending or trending in the in the in upward direction and i and i think Ogunjobi kind of fits that that uh, he checks those boxes for me okay he uh, has 14 and a half sacks in, in four seasons you know is he a world beater no you know he he's not going to come in there and, and you know be be Aaron Donald okay you know um but you know he and, and he also played alongside a, a talented d line in Cleveland with uh, Miles Garrett and, and Olivier Vernon. And uh, so, you know, I understand he had a little help. Uh, but I think you get a, a young guy who's who has plenty of, of experience. And he, he has shown some flashes early in his career. And, and, and 
Uh, what I, I like most about Ogunjobi is I don't believe he comes with a, a large price tag. And I think that's something that the Raiders have to keep in mind, whether they have the $50 million to spend or not. I do think they should be looking to make smart decisions with their money, not just toss it at you know the, the, the next guy like we've seen in recent years. Now, moving out to the edge, uh, two guys I really like are Carl Lawson and Trey Hendrickson. I talked about these guys a few weeks ago when I was on Raider Nation Radio with Scott. And what jumps off the chart about me or jumps off the page for me is when you look at the number of snaps that these two guys have played and how productive they were able to be with those snaps. I recently spent some time watching Carl Carl Lawson film, and he looks like a guy who's got a really quick first step. He uses his hands real well. And, and he's got a decent array of, of pass rush moves as well. So I really like him. And I think with a, a larger role, he could really be like an eight-sack kind of guy. Uh, I think his career best right now is like five. But that was, again, with, with only playing about 60% of the snaps. So I, I think with a larger role, he could definitely be a much more productive player. Trey Hendrickson is coming off a career year with 13 and a half sacks with the Saints. And, you know, what, what I'm curious to to find out was, you know, was that an outlier or, 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 you know, is this guy for real? Was it, was it the fact that he finally was given an opportunity? You know, we don't really know. That's one of the big risks, I think, uh, with Hendrickson. Uh, but I do like him. And like Ogunjobi, as I mentioned, Hendrickson is also only 26 years old. And I don't know why, but he's a name that is kind of flying under the radar right now. Um, I'm not really hearing a lot about him. Uh, I'm reading a lot about guys like Yannick Ngakwe and Bud Dupree and Leonard Floyd, even Melvin Ingram. But but guys like Hendrickson and even even Lawson, to some degree, are, are really flying under the radar and, and um, and because of the position that that the play, you know, the edge defensive end, the edge rusher, uh, you could see some of these these bigger names uh, go for a lot of money. I mean, these guys get paid in free agency. These edge rushers. Um, so I, I do think that there's a chance that guys like Trey Hendrickson and, and Carl Lawson might come a little bit less expensive, rather than seventeen, eighteen million dollars a year. Maybe you're looking at twelve million dollars a year for these guys. Um, so those are two players I would not mind, uh, you know, some money being spent on. Now, now moving over, um, moving back to the safety position, I should say, you, you had Marcus May, Marcus Williams, and Justin Simmons all receive the franchise tag uh, this past week, and the problem that that creates now is that you've got a guy like John Johnson and Anthony Harris who, you know, they they now move up the charts. They're probably two of the higher rated safeties on a lot of these teams' uh, lists. And the market for them now just became that much more expensive. That price tag just increased dramatically for those two guys. So if you want to bring in one of these players, you're going to have to be willing to give up, uh, you know, a decent amount of money, and you got to be aggressive, and you got to pay him. Now, if you follow uh, Vinny Vinny B from the Review Journal, he's been pounding the table for for weeks now uh, for Johnson, John Johnson, and you know he's familiar with Johnson from his days covering the Rams. And I know I sound like a broken record, but again, he's 25 years old. I really like that. I don't want to see a bunch of 31, 32, 33-year-olds being brought in here. Yeah, you know, I, you can sprinkle a few of those guys in. Uh, they definitely need some some veterans on this team, especially on the defense. But I want to see the core, the core of these free agents, you know, just getting to their prime years. And on top of, of Johnson only being 25, he's a, he's a pretty decent safety as well. 
know, his calling card is his ability to in coverage, which is something that is badly needed in that Raider secondary. And he finished the, the 2020 season as Pro Football Focus's third highest graded safety overall and also ranked third in coverage among safeties. Uh, and I, I said it at the top, Mack and Gruden, if you're listening, go get a safety. I don't think it would be wise to rely on uh, another young rookie safety, you know, bringing in a rookie safety through the draft. I'm not so sure that's a great idea when you already have so much youth in Arnett and Abram and Mullen uh, in that secondary, and who knows where they're going to be going uh, with the slot position. Maybe it's maybe it's Robertson. So uh, go get yourself a veteran. Now, some of the other names that I like, and I'm sure you like as well, obviously Anthony Harris uh, is a guy that uh, is got to be a top of the list. Trey Boston, and even Malik Hooker. I, I know he's uh, he's had some issues, injuries, injury history coming off an, an Achilles. Has not quite lived up to that first round draft pick uh, that he was a couple years ago. But I, I do think if they can get him right, uh, there's some upside there. Let's hop over to the offensive side of the ball now and and, and start with the tackle position. I think the plan here should be to bring in a veteran who can can start some games if needed. Uh, not necessarily a, a top-end guy. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the, the the number one tackle on the market. You know, I don't think they should be going after Trent Williams. Um, but I think you should bring in a dependable guy with some experience and then look to draft your long-term option with one of your earlier picks uh, in, in this upcoming draft. Okay, even if that means the first round pick, even if that means the first round pick, uh, some players that are available that would check that box for me would be Calvin Beecham, uh, Russell Okung, both both veterans in the league, plenty of starts under their belt, and I know that they both have played primarily the left tackle position. Um, and would they be willing to come over and play right tackle? Can they even transition to that? I remember uh, when Donald Penn was asked to do that. Uh, a few years ago, he talked about how difficult it was to, to move from the left side to the right side. So, you know, I'm not even sure if something like that could actually happen. Uh, but there are a couple names that I that I wanted to toss out there. Um, Rick Wagner uh, is another name. And Wagner spent one season with Green Bay last year. He was signed to a one-year, or I believe it was a two-year deal last offseason, but only only lasted one year with them. And he's he's got plenty of experience at right guard. So I do think there are some options out there that you can bring in to hold the fort down and then draft someone and and hopefully that 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 rookie can come in compete and win the starting job. Now the guard position we have heard that they would like to bring back Richie Incognito and I would be fine with that. He knows the system. Um you know, but how does he come back from that Achilles injury at his age? That would be a concern for me. But if you can get him back at a low salary, uh, I would be comfortable with that. Denzel Good is another option who is familiar with the scheme, he can play guard and tackle. You know, that versatility is just always a bonus with these offensive linemen. Um, But outside of those two guys, um, you've got Kevin Zeitler. uh, Jermaine Ifedi is another guy I I have here written in my notes. Now, Zeitler, more of a bridge player because of his age, uh, but I do think he's got a couple good years left in him. Um, But I think Ifedi is an interesting guy, still only 26, and he has experience both at right tackle and this past season, he played guard, and his play really improved. He struggled um, He struggled a bit as a tackle earlier in his career. He was a number one first-round first draft pick, 31 overall with the Seahawks. Um, 
but he started all but four games in his last five years. So he's he's reliable, he's dependable, and uh, I also know that he's had some in, uh, not injuries, excuse me, penalty issues going back to his days in Seattle. He's one of the highest penalized uh, tackles in the NFL. But he really cleaned that up last year in Chicago. He had a career low four penalties in 16 starts. So again, I you know I like uh, the idea of that he's he's youthful, still only 26. I feel there's room to improve. He showed improvement last year. The position change really benefited him, and I and I think he also offers that position flexibility. Should they need him to kick out to tackle, you know, in a pinch if there's ever an injury that occurs. So I, I do like him as well. The next big one on offense would be at wide receiver. And, you know, guys, I got to be honest. When you look at the list of, of the names of available free agents, it's it's it does not wow me whatsoever. There's some decent guys out there, don't get me wrong, but not any real alphas, you know. Juju Smith, you know, he's been linked to the Raiders. You know, he's more of a number two. He, he's really not a, he's not a true number one receiver. Kenny Galladay, now he, I think he's more of a number one. He's had a couple thousand yard seasons, but he's gonna be, he's gonna demand top dollar, so I don't see him as an option. Corey Davis is an intriguing guy. I have him highlighted here on my list. You know, he has a great combo of, of size and speed. Another first former first round pick. Um, but what, what we're gonna see is because of the the lack of impact receivers on the market, I think the these top these top receivers. Juju, um, Galladay, maybe even a Corey Davis, you know, they're going to get paid. And I just don't know if the Raiders are going to be willing to pay, you know, $10, $11 million uh, for, for a receiver. So to be honest right now, Nelson Aguilar might be the best option. You know, I don't know what the price tag on him is going to be. I know I, I think he might try to test the market. But I do think he wants to be back with the Raiders. He had a, a career year with them, so um, he has rapport with the quarterback. He he brought some of that leadership qualities that they're looking for. And and as long as the money works out, you know you you could possibly see the two sides reunite. Uh, re- reunite. Um, and then you know besides the players that I've already mentioned. You know, you've got guys like A.J. Green, Larry Fitzgerald, Emmanuel Sanders, Marvin Jones, Alshon Jeffrey, Sammy Watkins. I mean, I just don't see it. I mean, the one other guy that I I do see here on my list in front of me that I like is uh, Curtis Samuel. But he's, you know, he's more of a slot receiver. He's more of a gadget type player and, and... you know, I don't have the confidence or faith that Gruden would use his skill set properly because you got a guy that you could use like that right now in, in Henry Ruggs, and that might be another problem. He's too, he's very similar to, to a Henry Ruggs, I guess. doesn't have the deep speed that Ruggs has, but, you know, we didn't see Gruden really utilizing Ruggs' full skill set last year. So, you know, I don't think Samuel would be, would be a fit here, but he is a guy that I see in the list that I, I think is a good player. Um, and as far as the running backs go, I would expect them to bring in a, a veteran behind Josh Jacobs. Um, right now, it's only Jacobs and, and Richard. Vic Tafer um, says he thinks Booker could be brought back, Devontae Booker. Uh, but there's some names out there that I like. I, I really like Marlon Mack. I mean, just a couple seasons ago, he was a 1,000-yard rusher with the Colts. And he's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. 
He also is coming off a torn Achilles, um, but I think his value will be down, and I think he's a guy that would be a great complement uh, behind Josh Jacobs. What about Jamal Williams from Green Bay, a bigger back, right? They don't really have that. They they haven't had that. Um, think about the Zach Crockett days, right? When you when you get inside that five yard line and you can just pound that ball in there, okay, that might be a role for him. Um, Mike Davis from Carolina, he filled in real nice for uh, Christian McCaffrey while he was out last year. Wayne Gallman, another guy um, who filled in nice last season when he was given a larger role when Saquon Barkley was hurt. So there's plenty of quality veteran running backs out there, and that might not be a, a, a position you see them sign early in free agency. That might come later on in you know, wave two or, or three of free agency. All right, guys, I've uh, I've talked long enough. Time to get a break in here, and when we return, we'll chat with our guest tonight, Ted Nguyen of The Athletic, and get some of his thoughts on, on some of these free agents and, and what he believes the Raiders will do to address some of their needs. We are back for segment two of Just Pod Baby. Free agency is just around the corner with the legal tampering period to begin on Monday in the new league year on Wednesday. And, and to help us get it all sorted out is our guest this week, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. Ted can also be heard on the State of the Nation podcast. He does a great job with his film breakdown and review. So we're glad to have him on this week with us. Ted, thanks for much, Thanks so much for joining us this week. How are you? Uh, doing well. Doing well. It's a uh, weekend coming up. So and excited for next week. I think free agency is going to be... Uh, crazy. So many quality players out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Ted, I, I want to start off tonight by just getting your some of your thoughts on some of the cuts that have been made uh, to, to free up some money on, on this on this roster, particularly along the offensive line, though. Uh, is what we're seeing with, with the shakeup along the offensive line, do you think that's more of a direct reflection of the of the salary cap issues that all teams are dealing with right now in 2021? Or do you think it's more of a, a philosophy change with the Raiders? You know, over the years, they've, they've spent a lot of money on the offensive line, and, and the return on that investment has been a little bit questionable. So, so what's your take on that? I think it's a little bit of both, but I, I, I do believe it's more to do uh, with the salary cap situation and just knowing that um, the guard the the guard market is so saturated this year, I think that uh, they had an idea that there was going to be a lot of quality guards on the market, um, and they could um, get a starter that is equal to the level, maybe a little less, and pay a fraction of the price that they were paying uh, for those guys. So I think they saw an opportunity there. And I think it was a, a smart decision, you know, as much as they love uh, Gabe Jackson, as much as uh, they, they love Richie Incognito, and maybe there's a chance that those two guys do come back at at a smaller price. Uh, but I, I just think that um, you see a lot of these um, throughout the NFL, you see a lot of teams uh, just cutting these high-priced guards or uh, positions that are seen as a little lower value uh, than some of the, the you know higher-value positions. Uh, which is why the guard market is so flooded. So I, I just think that um, they see an opportunity to cut that part of their payroll down significantly while not losing a lot of quality um, if they could get 
two starters um, around that same level, and there's a good chance they do um, get two starters around the same level, if not get those two guys back. Um, and also, you know, I, I think Vegas has an, an, a significant advantage with their, um, you know, no state income tax, especially this year when money is limited. Uh, so I, I think they have confidence that they can either bring those two guys back or they can attract um, two quality starters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely something they have an advantage of there with the, the state income tax. I, I think that's a great point. And, you know, you touch on the, the, the guard position. Let, let's stay on the guard position for just another moment. And, and you mentioned the possibility of bringing back Incognito as well as maybe even Gabe Jackson. I think another name you could toss out there is, is Denzel Good. I think if if the money is right, they'd be happy bringing him back as well. But but let's talk about some names outside of those three guys. Who else is out there that's on the market that you've you've studied over the year or so, you know, in your in your film study that you think would be a good fit for the Raiders? Um, I think Trey Turner, who just got cut, would be uh, a good fit because he's a guy that is bigger. He can run some of those gap scheme uh, concepts, but he also has uh, the feet to run zone concepts. And this is kind of a multiple run game, so I think he fits. Um, Joe Thunney uh, from the uh, from the Patriots, I think he would be a great fit uh, as well. Uh, and, and those are the two guys that come to mind right away. Um, and I'm trying to think of another um, guard that f- I, I haven't taken a full look at the list of names yet, but I would say those two guys are, are natural fits from um, what I've seen. Ted Nguyen is our guest tonight, NFL staff writer uh, for The Athletic. He joins us here on Just Pod Baby this week. You know, Ted, there's a, there's a big void at right tackle right now on the roster as well. I, I suggested earlier in this show that I'd like to see them, you know, go out and sign a veteran in free agency, not necessarily a high price veteran, but a veteran, someone who is capable of starting if needed, and then target a long-term option uh, with one of their earlier picks in the draft, because this does, this is shaping up to be a pretty nice class uh, for the the tackle position. Uh, what would your plan of attack be though, if you were calling the shots at the tackle position? Yeah, I think you do want to sign a guy that can be a solid starter at the at the very least, and maybe you know, may, uh, I wouldn't say you want to sign a guy that you would peg to be a backup, but you know, I think most of their money should go into um, trying to replace the, not not a ton of their money, but like you know, a, a part of it will go to replacing the guards because right now you know you can't come into the season what they have right now uh but i think a chunk of their uh salary cap should go to f- fixing the defense i mean obviously you're going to draft some guys too uh but I-, I think you have to get a high price free agent uh to rush the passer uh you possibly need a you know a, a solid starter uh, at free safety and-, and those positions cost money so I don't think you could splurge on, on top of right now, and I don't think there is a free agent tackle um, that is uh, worth splurging on as of right now uh, in the tackle position. So I agree with your plan. You know, Find a guy that is a solid starter and you won't have to break the bank, especially this, uh, this season, and, and draft a replacement. That way you, know, you have two young tackles and Colton Miller, who I think they'll probably extend – and, you know, hopefully this right tackle that you draft can be the right tackle in the future. And that's um, then you won't have to worry about those positions, positions for a long time. 
Yeah, that's a perfect segue. You you start to hit on the defense there. So let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball now. And, you know, they got needs all over the place. Really, at, at all three levels, they could use some help uh, on this defense. You mentioned edge rusher and, and safety. Uh, how would you prioritize position by position, you know, the needs on the defense? Uh, I, I think with Gus Bradley coming in, um, I, I think that you have to get a strong four-man rush. He is by far the um, – I don't – he blitzes the least of any defensive coordinator in the NFL. So you need a very strong uh, four-man pass rush. And the Raiders, as we know, we know has one of the worst four-man pass rushes in the NFL. So that definitely has to be um, – that has to be addressed in the offseason. And I don't think you can just say, oh, we're going to go to the draft and draft a guy and hope he's going to be – a star from day one. I think you have to add a, a, a guy that's a star in free agency and, you know, you might have to overpay, but uh, I, I think that's just the, the position the Raiders are in. I think they need a, they need a interior rusher and they need um, an edge rusher. So I, I think Carl Lawson from um, the Bengals could be a great option. I really like Bud Dupree um, from Steelers. And I think maybe you could draft an interior guy um, when it, in a draft, but you know, especially with Leonard uh, Leonard Williams being off the market now, uh, but Dalvin Tomlinson, who played with the Giants last season, could be a good option there as well. I totally agree with you with Carl Lawson. In fact, I was uh, you know talking about him earlier in the show, and I've really been pounding the table for him. I think when you look at what he's been able to do as far as production, um, pressure rates, quarterback hits, those types of things. Um, those numbers are, are are pretty good, and he's only he's doing it with limited snaps. I believe he's only playing about sixty percent of the snaps uh, last year with the Bengals. So I, I do like him as well. Um, you, you talked about the interior part of the defense. Uh, I'm not sure if you've had t- a chance to study this guy, but one of the the other guys I like here on the interior, as far as a pass rush presence, is uh, Larry Ogunjobi, who who is with Cleveland. Um, what, what do you think? What are some of your thoughts on him? You know, I haven't broken him down. Um, I've watched him play a few times, but uh, I haven't watched him enough to give you a great answer on that. I don't want to BS BS you. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, You know, and and I want to kind of end this by, you know, talking a little bit about the safety position. I think... I think we can all agree that's definitely got to be one of the areas where they look to bring in someone. I Again, I keep saying it's got to be a veteran. I don't think you want to go into the season uh, relying on another rookie safety back there playing with a group of uh, guys who are already you know young with Abram and Mullen and Arnett. And I, I think the issue that many teams who were hoping to land a safety and free agency are going to find out is that uh, because the top three options, I get, in my opinion, they all received the franchise tag. And I'm talking about Justin Simmons, mm-hmm. Marcus May, even Marcus Williams. Maybe not top three with Williams, but I think he was a, a very good safety that was on the market. What we might now see is is a bidding war for some of those top-end guys like Josh Johnson, even an Anthony Harris. So how crazy do you think the Raiders should go to try to bring in a guy like Josh Johnson, or excuse me, John Johnson, or even an Anthony Harris? Or is there another safety out there on the market that you see that, that might be a, a better fit, maybe get a little bit more bang for your buck? Um, I, I, I don't think that the Raiders should overspend on a safety. And a free safety in this defense is important. I don't want to downplay that. Uh, but I just think that upgrading this four-man rush has to be that priority. And like you said, th- those top guys, there's going to be a bidding war for those guys. And I don't, I don't 
think the Raiders should spend too much of their cap on a free safety. Yeah, not having a great middle of the field safety can uh, be damaging for this defense, but I think not making a priority to upgrade your pass rush can be uh, even a worse thing for the Raiders. So it's kind of like a pick your poison type of deal. Um, so, you know, I, I think uh, you can't survive without a free safety and, and you're hoping that um, your corners are developed. You, um, Damon Arnett, uh, you're hoping that he gets better in year two. And um, God, I can't, uh, Tr- uh, Trayvon Mullen, you're, you're hoping he develops uh, next year as well. Uh, so, you know, if, if those two corner spots are, are better and Abram is better and you have a four-man rush, I think you could survive without a free, uh, without a star free safety. I just think the bidding war for um, some of those big names is going to be going to get pretty pretty high. Um, and I think you bring you, you should bring back Jeff Heath too. To, you know, you don't want him as your starter, but he did some good things when he was healthy last year, and he provides uh, solid depth. Yeah, yeah, all good points there. Uh, real quick, last one. I was just thinking about this as we were we were chatting. Uh, I know we're we're obviously pre free agency here, but I always like to get my guest's opinion uh, on the draft. Uh, any guys you're kind of targeting right now? Just we're talking round one strictly, only top uh, you know seventeen overall. Um, anyone you're kind of targeting right now as as a guy you'd like to see them go after? Um, I'll be honest, I haven't studied the pass rushers quite yet, uh, but it, it would definitely have to be a, either a pass. Uh, it has to be a pass rusher or a tackle. I, I don't think they can um, afford to pick a posi- another position in the first round other than those two guys. And I've been studying mostly quarterbacks uh, and, and wide receivers, and I don't think the Raiders are going to draft either either of those positions. Um, but, I mean, if they pick Jalen Waddle, I, I wouldn't <laughs> – you know, I think it would be a crazy pick, but I, uh, I would be interested to see how he fits in his offense, too, just because I like him so much. You know, you never know with Gruden. You never know. He might surprise us all and, yeah, and, and go exactly. wide receiver. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, Ted Wynn, everyone, is our guest tonight. Uh, you know, Ted, thanks for hopping on with me tonight and sharing uh, some of your insight with us. Really appreciate it. No problem. Have a good night. All right. That was Ted DeWin, NFL staff writer for The Athletic. And, and the big takeaway, I think, from that conversation uh, is that he definitely believes they should address the defensive line big time. He he seems like he is all in on the idea of paying one of these edge rushers. Um, and he also signed off on, on Carl Lawson. So I was happy to hear him say that. All right, big thanks to our guest, Ted Nguyen. And that is going to do it for this week's show. Uh, we should have plenty to talk about next week, and I look forward to doing so with you and breaking it all down for you. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Enjoy some college hoops. Conference tournaments are underway, and the selection show for March Madness is on Sunday. Busy week next week in sports for sure. But until next time, I am your host, Evan Grote. And as always, just win, baby. Just win, baby.